You're listening to the Felony Inc. Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Inc. Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. The Felony Inc. Podcast airs live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Now please settle in, enjoy. It's time for the Felony Inc. Podcast. Well... Welcome to the Felony Inc. Podcast. Here we are again on Friday, 10 o'clock in the morning. All on's with me here in the studio. My uh, cohort, Mark Gailey, is here with me this morning. And uh, I'm almost afraid, Mark, to ask you for an update on what's going on with you. Really? Um, same old thing. It's working. What's working? What is it, Mark? Well, I don't want these little one... One answer things, you know. I, I asked you, hey, Mark, what's going on? Are you okay today? Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> um, That's I, it? I, I, you know, it's just uh, uh, running the business is just uh, super dramatic sometimes. Um, you know, a couple of my really good artists are leaving, so that's going to be a big hole in the shop. And then, you know, everyone's having girlfriend problems right now, so everyone's really emotional. So it's like, I don't know. I'm an overpriced babysitter, so... Um, an overpriced baby. An Who overpriced. do you babysit? <laughs> All my tattoo artists. All their they're they each got babies. their own dynamic uh, drama going on. I have to like, I don't know, pat their hand and hug them and stuff. So yeah, and if you guys, are, they're probably not even listening. They're probably still asleep, but uh, <laughs> they've been really lazy lately. <laughs> um, They'll say they listened. Oh yeah, Mark, I remember. <laughs> yeah, but they really didn't do it. Well, you know what? Today we have a special guest, and he's been on the show before, and a lot of people heard heard him on the show, and uh, a lot of good comments on Mr. Sean Beers, but he's here in the studio again, in person, and Mark... Yes. I want you to take some styling cues. I was just noticing that. He's very Sean. well. He's gq <laughs> That's right. I do. I, well, you know... Can you do that? I will. Mark's here in a tank top and his tattoos hanging out, and Sean's over there just like. Looks like a million. I was thinking I should take some talent cues from him, frankly. So, uh, <laughs> do you have any tattoos? I do. Sean? Yeah. You do? What yeah. are they? Well, dragon on the back, on the back from uh, being in the joint. Yeah. Yeah. The joint. Yeah. You were in the joint. Yeah. He was in he the joint. Like, he looks like a. And citizen. look at him now. Yeah. He looks like you a citizen. Would ne- you'd never know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that's so, the idea. That is the idea, isn't it? <laughs> So why don't we why don't we do that, um, Sean? We we kind of talked about it before we uh, before we started the show. You know, since we had Sean on here uh, before, everybody kind of knows the story. But why don't you give us just a little bit of a recap sure. um, on your growing up and you know the kind of things that got you sent to prison? Sure, sure. Um, well, you know, I, I had a, had and still have great parents and a really supportive background and, and sort of upper middle class, uh, uh, you know, childhood and and uh, uh, but n- you know, notwithstanding all that, I chose to uh, sort of get involved in drugs and and uh, you know petty crimes and 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 BS in junior high school and and then into high school where I started selling drugs, uh, primarily cocaine. Um, this is in the mid '80s now, early to mid '80s. Hey, there's good money in that. Very well, there, there, there <coughs> is. The tax is high, though, ultimately. And, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so, long story short, you know, I, I, I've got uh, serious uh, into using. 
um, you know, way in over my head and um, that just led to more dealing and so on and so forth. And ultimately um, ended up with my second um, major cocaine bust in uh, Los Angeles in 92. Um, actually the day of the Rodney King riots, which is a pretty tough day to find yourself in Los Angeles County Jail. Um, oh, wow. It was a pretty, pretty crazy um, moment in time. Uh, in any case, I ended up with a five-year um, stint, and um, and that was a cocaine distribution uh, uh, felony, that my second one at that point in time. So um, from there, um, basically the day I went in, at that point it was on my second strike, and I didn't want a third, and I said to myself, done i'm cutting ties with this world and i'm going to move on to something that's if i put the same energy into it i'll probably do you know better and and stay out of trouble and uh so it's been a long haul i mean it's just now 25 six years later and um now it's a point of strength in a lot of ways but um you know the the challenge was um you know created by myself of course but um it was real nonetheless and um and you know we can get into into all that stuff uh, as you want to during the show, but but that's the background basically. That was my my turning point. It was that that final conviction and you're a two time, time loser. Yeah, lucky you. Yeah. Wow, two times took me. You about, know, whenever took me about I twenty times to figure it out. Whenever I look at Allon, I'm thinking you know Allon is just, you know he's a felony waiting to happen. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. But, Someone uh, felonied all over me last month. Oh. oh. Is it wash off? No, I got smacked in the street downtown. What? Oh. Middle of the afternoon. That's right. You got yeah. mugged. I didn't even get mugged. Just a pleasure hitting, I guess. Some so guy just hit ran you? by and hit you for no reason? Some random guy screaming at the world. Oh, there was just one of the, she was, There was a lady over there just screaming up to them. I was going, ah. Yeah. Uh, times are changing here in Portland. Downtown, that's for sure. Enough Portland. about me. It's getting pretty crazy down yeah. here in Portland. Yeah, it's not all about you. Yeah. No. It's no. all about lad. It is. It's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> My co-host and Allon tag teaming me. <clears throat> Allon, when did you switch over? You, it used when Dave was here as as the host. It used to be me and you kind of against Dave. Now you must see why that this is the way things are. With the host gets the brunt. Is that what it is? I thought the co-host was like the side slapper. You're supposed to side slap the co-host. <laughs> he has been. Oh. He does a pretty good job of it. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a reason why we have Sean back on the show, guys. Sean Beers? Yes, Sean Beers. So, Sean, um, why don't we, you know, we usually don't get to do this, but I'm kind of uh, kind of curious, uh, you know, about your business, Um Michael uh, Coach was telling me earlier that it took a slide, yep. but but now it's kind of coming back up. Yeah, why is that? When, you know, what happened? It, was it start startup blues and then kind of a rebound? How's that going? Yeah, I mean, so I, I've been in this uh, apparel footwear business for almost twenty years now. I um, was fortunate enough to be able to get involved at Colum- and get a job at Columbia Sportswear in the late nineties, several years after I was out. Um, and just sort of rose through the ranks and, and learned the business, uh, um, both sourcing internationally, selling internationally, selling domestically, product creation, the whole nine yards. And it was a really incredible opportunity that, um, frankly, is a little surreal in retrospect, but um, it was sort of the basis for my knowledge of the industry and my relationships. In 2012, I started this business, Portland Product Works, 
Um, and at that point, we were the what's called a licensee for the Woolrich brand in the footwear category. So basically, I had a contract with the Woolrich company to make and distribute footwear, and then I owed them a royalty based on sales. And if we could make money, then then we made money, and we did the first couple of years. It was a, it was a good business. We we raised a few bucks to get off the ground, and, and a lot of sweat equity. Um, you know, I I pretty consistently discourage early stage entrepreneurs from getting involved in this business because frankly there's a thousand ways to fail um you know inventory management high capital requirements to have inventory and 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 finance receivables and dealing with retailers like um you know well just say nameless retailers but they can be challenging the big usual names that you would expect are, are quite uh brutal at times and they definitely have no problem leveraging their strength when they're dealing with small suppliers like ourselves so it's a minefield it's uh um it's a little like being inside kind of you got to really watch your back at all times and really just know what's going on and have your head on a swivel so in many ways that was probably a good training for me to be in this business but the fact of the matter is um you know we hit we did well the first couple years out of the gate um, there was a bit of a retail meltdown in 2016. Um, for those of you that might remember, the Sports Authority is a big sporting goods retailer. They went bankrupt in 2016. They were our biggest customer. Um, so we almost went bankrupt as a result. And um, since it takes some time to um, launch a new brand to the marketplace, um, that process of turning the business around started really in 2016. Uh, last time I was on the show, which I want to say was maybe a year ago, something like that, we had we were just coming to market with um, um, a women's workwear brand that we acquired um, called Dovetail Workwear. It's like Carhartt for women. And um, the Pendleton brand we signed a license with at that point. So we were designing footwear and slippers for Pendleton. But we were on the, at the early stages of that um, process. So I was very optimistic about... Um, the prospects for those two businesses and what impact that would have on our overall business as a turnaround uh, enterprise, um, and um, and you know I'm pleased to say that by and large uh, things have gone better than we thought they would over the last course of the last year. Of course, there's some um, uh, new challenges on the horizon that we can get into as well. But anyways, that's kind of the story of the company. It was um, good launch, early success. Hit a couple walls, as I said, a thousand ways to fail, and you know we've touched on a number of those since uh, inception of the business. But we find ways to work our way through it, and we're we're still here and still optimistic. So, so you know when when you start a business like that and it starts to fail, you know there's it's easily it's easy to get discouraged. Oh, yeah. But obviously, um, you push through. Yeah, perseverance. It's really about perseverance and the power of perseverance. Um, yeah, if uh, you know we rolled over and sucked our thumb every time there was a problem that seemed insurmountable, we would have quit a long time ago. Because it's just part of day-to-day business at this point. You you, you do get enough going, you have enough going on. You're, you're you just have problem. You know, there's a problem every day. So it's problem solving. And um, I think if you don't have a not only a knack for solving them, but a, an attitude that allows you to work through those challenges, um, you know, that probably not not the right <laughs> business for for you. Um, ultimately, and that, that's you know, that's not just true of our business. Frankly, it's true for anybody that's trying to run a business. I know you know, heard other comments for this morning, and you know, it's just the nature of the beast. Like if, um, running a business is a it's a whole different level of responsibility, and and uh, we've all got our challenges as business owners. But um, you have to persevere through them if you're going to be successful. And the guys that are successful, that have been successful, some of them make it look real easy. Um, 
But if you talk to them as you have, you know that everybody's got horror stories. I mean, it's just the way it is. You got to fight through. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, Persistence. Let's, let's go back just a little bit, Sean. Um, when you got a job um, at the sportswear place, when you first got yeah. out, tell us some of the hurdles that you had to go through just to get that job. That job is really the foundation for what you're doing. Yeah, now. yeah. And, and being an ex-convict going into that. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, the the thing about that situation is, um, I had a, my first job was as um, actually it's kind of a interesting story. I was going through some old papers and found this letter um, that was written to me by a branch manager at what was then called Smith Barney. It was a brokerage, national brokerage firm that I'm sure you guys remember, but um, a lot of younger folks wouldn't remember because they were bought out years ago. But in any case, um, I think Merrill Lynch maybe took them over or something. But I got a job really almost immediately out of uh, coming out as a data entry person or something for Smith Barney. But to me, that was like that's all I needed was, was get in the door and I can, I'll, I'll be the president of Smith Barney one day. Like just get me in and I'm there. Uh, and what happened is they, you know, and I told them my background and, you know, it was all known, but, and they, and the guy was, you know, this guy's name is Dean Morrell. I haven't talked to Dean in a while, but he was my first early kind of supporter, like in the, in the real world. And, um, they basically said, look, if you, if you run a, if you really think you want to be a broker here long term, then we'll go to bat for you. We'll help you get bonded, and you know, there's like some legal processes to to allow me to be in the business. Um, but you know, I, I and you know, I, I basically just said no. I, that's not what I want long term. So I didn't want to put them out and ask them to spend a bunch of money um, getting me bonded because I didn't have any intention on being a broker long term. Um, and so you know, that was a pretty devastating blow because I had had this position that I thought was going to be the point of really turning things around for me. And, um, you know, then it kind of fell apart um, pr- pretty quickly based on, you know, the fact that I just couldn't tell them that that was exactly what I wanted them to do. And I didn't want to put them sort of on the line. So, um, again, perseverance, right? You just had to pick yourself up and go figure out, okay, what's the next kind of step in the process here? So long story short, I was working for a firm that was representing Columbia Sportswear in the, to Wall Street. And, um, um, at one point, before, right before Columbia went public, they asked me if I would join the company and run that function internally as opposed to as a consultant on the outside. And <clears throat> I do remember Tim Boyle taking me to lunch and asking me what I, you know, thought what I wanted long term. And I, and I point blank told him I wanted his job. And um, I don't think anybody had ever told him that before. And uh, um, I don't know if that's why I got it or in spite of that or whatever, but but I do recall that conversation was kind of funny. Um, but they were huge supporters, and he was a big supporter of mine and knew the background and so forth and, um, you know, helped even when I got admitted to the practice of law in the state of Oregon. I'm a lawyer, um, which we had to litigate all the way to the Supreme Court. Tim, wow. Tim came to the... Uh, to the hearings and testified on my behalf. And, and so they were really supportive. Um, it was a very, uh, just, I don't know, fortunate situation. I mean, I gave them everything I had too. So it was, a, you know, mutual. Um, um, but that was the, that's really got what got me going in this business and gave me an opportunity to grow. Well, you know, that's the theme of the show, of course. Um, our listeners that hopefully are listening to us in prison, um, we want to give those guys hope. You bet. You know, the thing is, is that, you know, me, Dave, Mark, we're just average Joes that had determination to get out and stay out. Yep. And when you have that, and then you're given an opportunity, um, you know, I know when when I worked at Dave's Kill of Bread, and and Dave would hire somebody that was an ex-felon, or formerly incarcerated, whatever you want to call it, um, they seemed to have 
more drive, more thankfulness, sure. more, you know, like nobody else would give me a chance. Right. And you guys gave me a chance. I'm going to work my ass off to make sure that I keep this job. And right. I think there's a lot to be said for that, for sure. You know, not everybody's, you know, as appreciative as you, as we all have been, I think, for sure. So I think it works both ways. But I, to me personally, it's really important to um, support, you know, guys that I see that are, you know, trying to do the right stuff. Um, you know, it's obligation on their part more than it is on my part. But at the same time, when I see that and I'm, I'm I make myself available to, to support support those types of guys or, or gals for that matter. So, um, you know, and if without that, you know, I wouldn't have had a chance. So, you know, it's, um, you can't kind of get to the other side and then go, oh, well, I'm all good now. I'm just, you know, forget everybody else. It's right. It work like that. So, well, the thing is, is, you know, just like you, Sean, you know, there was that aha moment. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Two strikes, yep. you know, you could have been, sure. you know, down forever. And then, um, you know, it's, it's taken advantage of what's in prison right now, right then, that is going to propel you out of here and, and make you successful. So the message, of course, is take advantage of any education, any programs, any yeah. of all that stuff, because that's what's going to give you a, a little bit of a foundation before you get out. And like I say, when I was working at Dave's Kill of Bread, that's one of the things that um, we would look at, Dave would look at. Um, the HR would look at is what have you been doing? Yeah, right. You know, before you came here, you know, I want to see a record not only of what you've been doing since you've been out. What what were you doing when you were in there? Because right. there's no magic line there. You're, you're going to get out. You yeah, know? I remember I was uh, I took correspondence classes through Portland State when I was in in the penitentiary in California. So I think I probably had a year and a half of of uh, my undergraduate degree done before I. Got law out. degree? Yeah, no, this was undergraduate, just as a, a, a accounting major for uh, a four year degree. How did you do the law thing? That's incredible. Um, That's well, like eight years of college, isn't it? No, it's four. But um, it, you know, I didn't. Um, my parent, my dad is a lawyer. My grandfather is a lawyer. Um, you know, I was trying to you know continue to develop my education and get as far away from my past as I possibly could, and you know, getting that another next degree. I was actually working at Columbia at the time while I was going to law school at night. And um, um, ironically, now we—I just hired the then dean of the law school's daughter as an intern at our company this week. So wow. it's a kind of a f really crazy full circle deal. This is 20 years later That's or crazy. something, right? Um, so crazy, incredible. And so you know, I just—I—I I wanted the uh, extra education. I never really planned on practicing as a lawyer, but I wanted to. Um, hone my thinking ability and my knowledge of the world and so forth and and so we went to law school I didn't know if I could get admitted to practice and turns out there's a bunch of people that sit on boards of governors and so forth that didn't want me to be part of their club because of my background and I just we just pushed through them and litigated it all the way to the Supreme Court and got a unanimous decision at the Supreme Court to admit me to practice law in the state of Oregon beautiful right on. so on that note Sean we're gonna have to take a break but when we come back me and Mark are going to tag team you, wondering why in the hell you didn't bring us any of your stuff. Okay, fair enough. What stuff? <laughs> Beers? <laughs> Sportswear. CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startupradio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. 
Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future future of your business and we're back mark you need this you need to go there and get some pr packages okay because your package is uh, you know it's not all that great all right i got a little smile out of sean that's all i needed <laughs> all right so before we went to the break we were talking about uh sean uh you know hooking us up with some of his products but you know of course we're kidding not really. I'm not. <laughs> but, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, why don't we get into that a little bit, Sean? You know, um, so your your business, you know, kind of took a little bit of a lull. It was kind of some other companies and stuff, you know, kind of yep. not working out right. But now you are. And now I think, um, according to what I'm seeing here uh, on some of the stuff I got for you, that you've added some stuff uh, to, your, to your line. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how, um, what, you know, what the downfall brought you into adding some new stuff that's yeah. really been productive. So there's a couple key moments, like, a, you know, we've talked about moments in time for all of us that kind of changed the way we looked at things or did things. And this whole, ex, I mentioned, um, we'd almost gone bankrupt in 16 because our biggest customer failed and we didn't get paid as a result. Um, well, that caused me to, to not only get good at credit practices, but... Um, it also told me, look, if we're going to work this hard, we need to own a brand because if we're just licensing it, we're not building long-term value. So um, we have this great platform for sales and sourcing and financing and accounting management and so on and so forth, but we need to put on that platform a brand that we actually own. So um, so again, to re version 2.0 of the company really was predicated on getting a new license to help create short-term revenue, which is the Pendleton license and adding um, a brand that we could build over the long term. This is the Dovetail Workwear brand. Um, is that something you created, or is that something that already existed? No, it is something that um, three women here in Portland created, founded, and they are they are um, still equity partners in the business, and they're still running the business on a day-to-day -day basis. And we collaborate together, but basically we provide them the support structure to, to run their business and fulfill the vision of empowering women in the workforce. So, um, nice. yeah, it's a pretty interesting dynamic, and they've been fantastic partners now that we've been together a couple of years. I think we really know each other well, and um, we made a really sound decision getting involved uh, with those with those ladies. So, um, you know, and then the Pendleton too. Yeah, and Pendleton, a great you know um, Northwest brand. We all you know from Portland know it. The family's it's, it's a, been around it's, forever. It's a family business, been around forever. They're really um, solid people and great to work with, and. Um, and their shirts are really itchy. Yeah, well, they got a lot of new stuff too. So there's a, there's a they're definitely turning the corner in terms of uh, modern modern fabrication and and how they treat their wools and and uh, so forth. But they're, it's a great story, and um, you know they do a lot of um, give back work with native communities, and so there's some real mission, you know, behind their business. It's not just about selling stuff. Which, yeah, their clothes are beautiful. Yeah, they do a great job, and and. And so it's an, it's it's kind of changed the way I look at the world as far as um, you know things are t it's tough in the business world and if you don't have in my opinion a mission behind what you're doing you're pro you're going to have a hard time persevering so if you're just about selling stuff 
uh, to me, it's just not enough to get you out of bed and get it in, keep it interesting. But if it's really meaningful, if it's empowering women, if it's the native give back, it's helping a local you know heritage brand and, and family. You know, those things are um, to me the drivers more so than the paycheck or the possible you know future economic benefits. I think maybe naively, but if you know you do the right things over the long haul, the right things will happen. So well, you have to have your heart in it. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I think that's why you know Dave's Killer Bread was you so bet. successful. Of course, because you know it was the first time in Dave's life that he ever accomplished anything you know substantial. Yep. And uh, you know, and he just loved it. You know, of course, Dave. You know, we like to call him a narcissist. Isn't he loved, he loved <laughs> the attention. Hey, isn't he in prison for murder? Well, Still? he was. <laughs> no, he's not. I heard that just the other day. I was told. Geez. No. <laughs> That's why they call it killer bread, right? I'm That's like, right. <laughs> no, if you eat it, it'll kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's get into some little bit of the specifics, you know. Um, I'd like to understand a little bit more exactly what your company does to help those other companies. Okay, so... Um in the case of uh, Pendleton, just think of us as a miniature, as an extension of Pendleton Corporation, basically. So we do the footwear, and I, I have all the risk in terms of the inventory risk, and I have to finance the business. But we have upside if we sell, you know, a lot, and 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 we're able to make money to the bottom line. Then you know we 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 keep the spoils of, of doing that. But it's effectively like the footwear department for Pendleton, if you will. Just think of it as a miniature Columbia Sportswear. Um, so we design the product. We have factory relationships in. I'm going to India in two weeks to see about developing a new factory relationship, as an example. But we've got factory relationships in China, which is a whole other kettle of fish and one of these challenges that we're facing right now. If uh, anybody's been paying attention to the news and the tariff talk, oh, yes. it's a real thing. And it's a re- <laughs> thank God we got the ability to persevere because that's a it's a it's a big problem but, that that uh, we're having to get real creative to to solve and work our way through. But in any case, um, we design it, source it, we sell the product to. Nordstrom and Zappos and TJ Maxx and you know anybody you can think of. Um, we've got a warehouse in Los Angeles where we import it into and then distribute the product out to. We've got a national sales force. So um, a gal that lives in Denver is our vice president of sales, and we've probably got six or eight independent sales reps that are, cover the whole country and work with all the accounts around the country. So that's the Pendleton side of the business. Um, you'll see the product at Nordstrom next fall for men. Um, I think you'll see some slippers for women at Nordstrom uh, as well. And just, you know, on Amazon and, and sort of all the usual suspects from a distribution standpoint. The dovetail piece of the business is a business that we own. So um, the equity partners of Portland Product Works are the equity partners in the dovetail business. So um, that is a women's workwear business. Again, it's like Carhartt for women. So it's primarily bottoms. It's really rugged gear that's designed to fit extraordinarily well, be highly durable and super functional, and it looks great. So... Um, the ladies that are in the office trying stuff on constantly, or our fans that are on, you know, Instagram and so on and so forth. It's it's growing rapidly, and it's it's really um, hit a sweet spot in the marketplace that had been underserved um, up to this point in time. So um, we're again very fortunate to be in that business. That's but an it's incredible the, idea. It's the same idea, which is where we design it, we source it. We got a fac- factory in Mexico and several in Southeast Asia. Um, and you know we we then invest a lot more in that business on the marketing side, so developing um, ambassadors and and marketing campaigns and and paid advertising on social channels and Google and so forth. Um, those are all things that that we invest in that business around that we don't necessarily do on the Pendleton side because we own it and we're trying to build long term value. Someday, um, you know, maybe a Carhartt will want to buy it or a, somebody like that, right? right. So. 
th- th- that's the difference between you guys those two. in Walmart. Yeah, so um, no I'm, Walmart at this point, and it's probably not in the short term. It's a pretty pretty tough zone there from a price standpoint. Carhartt's there. They are, but they've been right next to the well. Cars. It might be we, they got a hundred years on us, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, but it's just like <laughs> in the vision. Yeah, I hear you. So, you know, if, if you're going to kick down, you know, you should get me some Pendleton and you get Mark some dovetail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate you. I was just going to say yeah. that. <laughs> you what do, what do you look stole at? stole my line. What about you all, on? You want some dovetail or you want some Pendleton? You you all know I go either way, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take what I can Some dove get. hearts. <laughs> there you go. We'll get him some dove hearts. All right. Ten. So, John, how many people do you, in your company right now? Um, we have 12 employees directly. Um, I've, we, and then in addition, there's three um, women that work for us in, in uh, China. We've got an office in Dongguan, China. Um, they're doing quality control and product development and production management uh, types of projects. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe another 10 independent salespeople around the country. So 25 to 30, something like that total. So how of those people, how many of them um, have been in our situation before? <clears throat> to my knowledge, none. Although I don't ask the question on the application, so I, I, I can't say for sure. Well, but I'm pretty sure none of them. I was looking for, a, you know, a success story. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I, um, you know, Noah, um, young Schultz? man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he and his partner were over in the office the other day because they're starting an apparel company, right? And um, forbidden culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's, they're not, um, you know, they, they were looking for jobs, but they were looking for, you know, some advice and maybe uh, some mentorship and that kind of thing. And um, so we had a great conversation and expect we'll follow up soon and, and, and you know, see if we can't, um, you know, can't do it for them, but kind of help them, you know, right. think about this, think about that. And I wouldn't do that, try this, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, you know, we're, uh, I'd, I'd love to find some, Couple of ex cons that we could, you know, help, have a great help idea. Move that. So you know, all ears. I'm I'm easy to find for anybody that's listening. Well, that's, that's the way it is. You know, I mean, it's not like you're going out there to pick. Uh, you know, somebody who's been formerly incarcerated in particular. No, you're, you're just looking for the person that's the right person for the job. And if they just yeah. happen to be that, it's not a hindrance in my opinion. As far as as, as you know, it's in fact it's a benefit because of the the you know for the right person, it's a you know. Again, you get depends on where you go and what your experience has been. But you know, you might you, you live and your head's on a swivel, and you got to be aware of everything around you. And, and and there's you know challenges all over the place. It's a good, pretty good background for for the business world because it's a little bit different level of danger. They but see it's things the, differently. Yeah, they see things differently. They can look around corners. They can you know they sense things that other people don't sense. Right? You get you learn you learn to feel what's going on around you in a way that you know people that haven't been through that maybe maybe don't. So. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember when I was a kid. Um, I worked at this uh, smorgasbord, and right next door was a car lot. And uh, one of the guys that I worked with, he said, "You know what? They hire ex felons at that car lot. Don't go there." Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "What?" Dun, so dun, dun, dun. years later, I'm thinking, "Well, why?" You know, I just thought uh, they made an impression on my you, head. Huh? It did, and so. I was thinking, why would they, you know, hire somebody like that, you know, you know, an ex-felon. But then when I went to prison, I realized that prisoners get a sixth sense. And what it is, say, for instance, you're in the day room and some new guy comes in, right? You watch him for just a little bit. You see that he's got a bag and it's 
from the county jail, so you know he's a new guy. He's got those funny-looking flip-flops <laughs> on, you know, from the county jail. Mm. He doesn't have any, you know, any commissary in his bag. And then you watch who he talks to. So within about five, ten minutes, you've kind of... a pretty good sense of who he is. Yeah, yeah you kind of know who he is, who he's talking to, you know, whatever. Because it's all really, if you think about it, it's all for your safety. You bet. Because you're thinking, is this guy, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, we're on a yard with, you know, 2,000 people every day for years. You have this, like... Yeah. Um, radar. You do. You get yeah, it. Exactly. And, you know, isn't it funny? I don't know if you guys remember this, but remember how you'd go to the chow hall, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just knew that something was jumping something off. Something about to happen. Right. Remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and there's like an sudden, electricity in the air. Just, What's up, bro? All of a sudden, some guy's clocking some dude with a lock and a oh, that sock. Guy, that, guy's gonna go <laughs> that guy's going to torpedo that guy. Yeah. Watch. Here it goes. But getting back to the point is that, you know, you hire an ex-felon, right? Somebody pulls into the parking lot there, and they're, they can size him up in a quick heartbeat, you know. Oh, this is uh, John Doe. He's got 2.5 kids, and he needs this little, uh, you know, Voyager over here. I sold cars before. I was the best salesman for uh, eight of the 12 months I was there. Really? Yeah. Well, I can imagine. <laughs> Here you go. Well, you know, and the, the fact is just solving problems. You know, you learn it's to solve pro- problems, yeah. right? It's, it's like what it is. whatever it is, an inventory problem or a late shipment or a whatever. I mean, you just figure out how to work around it, right? So, Plus, you know that, you know, if you get out and you just get out, that's what I was worried about when I got out. Am I, am I going to be able to just get a job? Sure. You know, but everything's kind of gravy after that if you look at it. But you always have to keep in perspective of that. What you were, I think you that's know, right. There. I mean, in fact, being on this show actually today is helping me because uh, I'm, you know, this tariff thing is. I mean, I've literally been wrestling with it since it was announced two, three weeks ago, and it's a pretty major deal for our business. But and I sort of think about it in context of or relative to, you know, 25 years ago, and I'm like, well, yeah, maybe it's not as big of a problem as I as you know right. as what we've ever faced before here. So we can we can get through this also. It's all per- well, you know, it's all perspective. can be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely so. all perspective. Yep. You know where you at? Exactly. Dre- you know, you got some nice clothes on. You probably it got could a, be a lot worse, man. You probably got a nice <laughs> white shirt out at my shop if you want one. All right, I like it. I'm, I'm ready to trade it in. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Murder Inc. People right. just like that murder. I don't know. People are crazy. Wow. <laughs> well, these are, yes, hot, these are, are. hot items. Shirt, I imagine they are. The shirt means a lot more when you got murder tattooed on your eyebrow, you know. <laughs> it works yeah, as yeah, well. I got, it works I, well. I got out of, I got out of a, like a eight hundred thousand dollars ticket because um, of this murder on my face. I was like, it just got off work. I was just I switched three lanes, uh, whipped around a couple cars. It's, and uh, to you know, and then I start speeding, and then I was like whipping around some more. And I got to a stop sign; it was yellow. I ran through it, and I looked in the rearview. I go, "Wow, man, that guy right behind me went through it too. It must have been red." And I go, "He's he's got balls." And all of a sudden, woo! I was lit up. And the guy goes, and he's going through his little thing. What's going on? Blah blah. blah. I go, "A long day. I just wanted to get home." He goes, "Uh, you don't have to tell me, but what does that tattoo mean?" I go, "It's the name of my tattoo shop." He goes, "Find your insurance." Start, take a breath and have a nice day. And he just took off. Oh, wow. It's like, that's never happened to me before. Well, it's like, so many. It may uh, never happen again either, but that's good. Never again. <laughs> You're wow. an old white guy now, is what it means. <laughs> yeah. White privilege. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, All right, so you know what, all on, we're going to, we're just going to take an early break here. And when we get back, we're, we're going to talk to Sean a little bit more about how well his business is doing. We'll be right back. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. 
At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get a $150 credit. Wow, you know what? It's ironic, Alon, yeah. that uh, when Mark was in prison, mm-hmm. uh, his his nickname was Ruby. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Uh, startup, was, and they called him Startup Ruby. Startup Ruby. <laughs> hey, my nickname was Trailer Park Mark. Oh man, I mean it's God. not anymore. No, it's Murder Face Mark. Oh, there you go, Murder, murder Face, face Mark. Right. You have to go with it. it's branding there and marketing. Go. Exactly. There you go. Murder Mark. Oh, wow. Nice. Well, murder I'm Face. Murder Face Mark. Yeah. Well, I'd rather leave your face out of it. Okay. That's why you're on the radio. <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we on oh. the air? Are we on the air? Are we back? It's radio, not TV. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, we need, yeah, we need to Facebook Live this. Yes, we do. <laughs> all right. Well, we're having a great time here all along. What do you think? Everything's good today? Real good. Beautiful day. Beautiful people. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Why, you weren't looking just, at me when you said that, were you? <laughs> I was looking out the window. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's, oh, there's some ladies She's hot. Out there. All right, Sean. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, wait, they were listening in the green room. <laughs> let's get back to your business. So you had a little bit of downfall. Now you're on the up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to discuss, you know, like how your business is doing monetarily. Sure. Or yeah. Whatever. Well, okay. So we're so we'll do um, projected to do something in the range of about five million dollars in revenue this year. Um, that's you know up from about three last year, so it's pretty good growth. And it, but it's based on the investments that we made in the last two years around Dovetail and in the Pendleton brand. So you know that's I think we lost a million three last year on investment period, just getting those brands ready for market. Um, and you know we get close to break even this year on five million dollars. So really, we don't start making money about until six, seven, eight million dollars is the tipping point for for our business because we don't need to layer in a bunch of additional costs. The same platform of people that are there now can do a lot more business as we um, get more reception from key retailers and do more business online direct to consumer. It doesn't require a lot of additional headcount at this point. So again, about five million dollars, and um, you know that gets us. It's in a, we're in a pretty good spot from that, from that perspective. Now, the challenge, of course, is um, this, again, the tariff situation that was announced a few weeks ago where uh, the U.S. government's placed an additional 25% import tariff on goods coming from China, and our entire Pendleton business is based in China. So all those products are being made right now in the factories, and they're, gonna, they're scheduled to ship in July to us here. And if those tariffs stick, we have to pay an additional 25% to import those goods, which will definitely eradicate any potential for profitability this year. Um, so, you know, you just like right when you think you got everything kind of set up and restructured and it's all good, wham, hit by a two by four in the head. You just got to like getting hit by two by fours, I think, in this business and, and then just work your way through it. So I've got some plans as to how we're going to deal with that, mitigate the, the damage. Um, we won't avoid it wholly, and it's certainly super stressful and it's caused us... Um, you know, to, to refocus our attention on solving this problem as opposed to maybe thinking about other things like driving additional sales or, you know, other positive things. But, you know, again, we'll, we'll get through it. And um, we were talking about perspective a little bit on the break. And, and the fact of the matter is, is 
this is um, this is just another challenge in the road, but it's not the end of the road by any stretch of the imagination. So right. I feel positive and fortunate and, and super lucky. And, and a lot of that's because of the perseverance factor. It didn't just happen, right? Perseverance. Well, you know, one door closes, there's two sure. more open up. You bet. You bet. Well, earlier you were talking about, you know, uh, maybe sometime down the road, uh, Carhartt or somebody like that. Sure. You might buy your business sure. out. You know, that always, that happens. Happened to, happened to Dave. You bet. You know? Um, so if that happens, um, where would you go from there? Um, you know, one of the things I really like a lot is spending time with early stage entrepreneurs. I teach a series of classes through the Portland Development Commission to um, uh, emerging uh, entrepreneurs that might have million dollar business or maybe even pre-revenue in some cases. But I really, over the years, learned all these lessons myself around advisory boards and strategic planning and financial management and legal considerations for emerging companies and marketing and so forth. And what I really could see myself spending a lot more time doing is working with companies like that, that, you know, where I was seven or eight or 10 years ago and helping them to kind of, you know, avoid hitting the, the sharp corners, the, you know, the way we had to do to learn this stuff. Um, you know, some lessons are best learned the hard way. That's just, this is, I think we all probably fit that model to a certain extent, yeah, but, um, you know, they don't always have to be either. And, and so I, I like teaching and I like, I like working with early stage entrepreneurs. So I could probably envision myself spending a lot more time doing that down the road. That's awesome. Well, you know, like you're saying earlier, you know, Mark was saying during the break and, you know, perspective. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, it's just one of those things that sometimes we lose that sure. perspective, it's you easy. know, but, uh, you know, with the tariffs, you know, and I listen to the news and, you know, it's not, might not be there forever. Right. So, um, might not even happen though, right? Might not even happen. I mean, uh, you got to plan well, for it, but you know, you got to not, not get too revved up and, and, uh, um, overreact, right? No, don't. It's time not not to panic. It's right. kind of really the, the key. So, so it wouldn't be practical um, to have you know, your manufacturing here in the states. No, not really. the The economics really just aren't aren't there. There's no base of production for the type of goods that we're doing here in the United States. There is some apparel production in in you know L.A. and and you know maybe a couple other markets, but it's very expensive. I mean. You're talking about probably doubling the price at retail, and right. as a result, you're going to less, you know, do less than half the business. And ultimately, we won't fulfill our mission, which is based around empowering women um, to have the right gear to do their jobs and work in, in the workforce. And if we're charging that much more, we're just reaching that fewer that that fewer number of women. And so right. it doesn't seem seem like it's the right approach. Um, and it's a global market. I mean, frankly, you know, we've developed a global marketplace over the last 25 years, and there's women that want our products in, in all kinds of markets around the world. So, um, you know, we're, we're just going to need to diversify um, and keep keep our options open from a manufacturing standpoint going forward. And as Tim Boyle said, um, you know, you know, he hopes his Columbia Sportswear business lasts longer than the Trump administration, and I'm pretty sure that it will. And, it will. And I'm pretty sure we will, too. So we'll figure out how to, how to work our way through this. Well, you know, it changes all the time. You know, like I say, I listen to the news and... Um, Sometimes, you know, you got to put pressure on other countries, you know, sure. to kind of square up a little bit. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if it's fair or not, but um, I think the United States puts out a lot more than it gets back. I'm sure that's know? true, too. I'm sure that's true. So, you know, um, I think it'll work out. It'll and, something like will you say, work out. It'll work out positively for those that keep yeah. at it. Well, you've got this far. Right? That's right. You're going to get another day. <laughs> We're not turning back. It's a little late for I'm that. Excited for, I'm excited for you. This is, I love hearing the story. Well, you know, Mark, 
You know, I always forget about Mark. No, you, you know. don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Mark's a little bit off the wall, but I am off the hook. Uh, you know, um, on air today, I'm going to tell you that I'm proud of you. You know, for where you've came and, and you know where you've been and where you're at now in life. You're, Thank you. you appreciate know, that. You're doing good, right? Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. I mean, well, you know the uh, the people you work with over there would drive anybody crazy. I've been over there. <laughs> <laughs> you have no, oh my god, you have no idea. Oh, wow. I mean, two two of the guys is girl. They caught their girls cheating on them because they got into their phones. Oh no! So, yeah, um, I could go on and on. Yeah. Everyone's got their own dynamic, and everyone's got their own. <laughs> um, another one's always has some kind of family issues. Uh, me, I got a million issues myself. Uh, wow! So, so yeah, it's a it's a very beautiful dysfunctional tattoo family. <laughs> that sounds fun, actually. <laughs> it, it is. It, it, it is challenging and fun. Yes, it's it's very challenging right now. Yeah, TV show. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone says that. I think we're going to do a YouTube channel. Yeah, there you go. Camera going. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All right, Sean. So look, we're just about out of time. But let's, let's do why fast. don't you uh, give us like your mega plug for everything good. You know, you're, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, yeah. Well, I so mean, the main whatever. thing I would say is, that, you know, guys that are listening, gals that are listening, um, coming out of, you know, whether it's prison or, or just trying to turn their stuff around, regardless of what the situation is now, there's a way through it. There's a, you know, perseverance. It does come back to you ultimately, but there's a support system out there. There's people like everybody in this room that's willing to help and lend a hand and, and extend some uh, support. And, and, and it's not just us, right? There's a lot of people that are in that mode. So if you don't ask for it, you know, you might not get it. But don't be ashamed of ask, to ask for help because we all have had to bend, you know, receive that in order to, to, to get going down the right path. It's just part of the deal that we're, we're signed up for here in life in general. You can reach me. Um, I'll give you my Comcast email address, Sean Beers, S-E-A-N-B-E-E-R-S, at Comcast.net. Um, again, Sean Beers at Comcast.net. If anybody wants to email me, I'm super accessible, and um, I'm happy to hear from anybody that uh, wants to chat or has ideas or you know just wants to shoot the shit. That's fine. And, and how do they get into your class that you're the entrepreneurial class? Shoot me a note have. to that email address, and I'll connect you to the to the uh, the folks at Portland Development Commission. Because you know, guys getting out, starting their own business, uh, sometimes you know how it is when you're in there. You kind of trust. The guys that you know, sure, sure, you know, so them knowing that you've been there and done that, yeah, you know, might makes a big difference. Give yeah. them a little bit of a, a reason to kind of come see you and listen to what you got to say. Yep, I de- I'm, if I have nothing else, I've got some credibility on that front for sure. So, yeah, I'm, yes, you do. <laughs> Street cred. Well, you know, just like I told Mark, Sean, uh, you know, super proud of you. Thank you. you know? I appreciate and, uh, that. Today, uh, me and Mark are going to have to take some styling cues and dress <laughs> a little bit better. All on. Can, can we get you, uh, you know, looking like uh, Sean here a little bit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't fight it, Alan. <laughs> do it. Just yeah. out of my pay grade. Just do it. Hey, that's a great idea. Just <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, once again, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on Felony Inc. Podcast, brought to you by Startup Radio Network. And my co-host, Mark Gailey, and our super guest, Sean Beers. So we'll see you next Friday. Have a good week. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.